Hello, my rebels. I have some great news for you today. You know, we have bad news from time to time, so let us celebrate the good news. The good news is, after Dr. Patrick Moore was canceled, deplatformed, fired, and disrespected by the city of Regina by being canceled from the conference, well, I called him up and I said, let's have a speech from you that we sponsor. Well, let me tell you how amazingly that has gone in the few hours that it's been public. I can't believe it. I'm so encouraged by it. I got good news for you today. And we talked to Dr. Moore also. Hey, before I get to the main part, can I invite you to become a premium subscriber? Go to premium.rebelnews.com. Just type the word premium.rebelnews.com. And it's eight bucks a month. You get the video version of this podcast. You get Sheila Gunn-Reed's show too and David Menzies show too. And uh, we use the eight bucks because we don't get it from Justin Trudeau, I'll tell you that. All right, here's today's podcast. Tonight, the mayor of Regina deplatformed Dr. Patrick Moore, banning him from speaking at a conference. Well, today we're replatforming him. It's February 12th, and this is the Ezra Levant Show. Why should others go to jail Why? when you're a biggest carbon Ezra. consumer I know? There's 8,500 customers here, and you won't give them an answer. The only thing I have to say to the government about why I publish it is because it's my bloody right to do so. We did a show on this the other day. The city of Regina, Saskatchewan, was holding some talk shop, blah, 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 conference, government conference, and they had 45 speakers, and some of the speakers are excellent, by the way. And uh, our friend, Dr. Patrick Moore, the co-founder of Greenpeace, uh, Greenpeace uh, was one of the keynote speakers. He's famous because he has such amazing bona fides as a true environmentalist, but he's a skeptic about the left-wing politics and some of the crazy anti-science BS of the modern eco-movement. So he's more nuanced. He doesn't believe carbon dioxide is bad, for example. He makes his case scientifically. But apparently having one voice out of 45 that's skeptical of the theory of man-made global warming was just too much. The people who were supposed to defend freedom of speech in society did not. The media was the worst. Here's the local paper, the Regina Leader Post. They called Moore a climate denier. Obviously, the CBC ginned up uh, fake opposition to Dr. Moore. CBC's the worst. Uh, they don't allow anyone on their network who is skeptical of the theory of man-made global warming. They just ban them, total ban, total censorship. And, of course, they were outraged that one out of 45 speakers at the conference would be a dissident voice because they don't even allow one out of 45 voices on their own CBC to be a dissident. So they whipped up a mob. <clears throat> um, so the media believed in censorship, and so did professors. Super gross. Uh, professors were outraged that Dr. Moore, a PhD in ecology, is being allowed to speak. How unscientific, unscholarly, anti-intellectual is that? Imagine being a student at the university in Regina and having that woman as uh, your professor. And no one is more cowardly than a politician, of course. That's sort of uh, tautology. And Regina's mayor was the worst, caving in and firing Dr. Moore. And as cowardly politicians uh, usually do, 
he waited until Friday afternoon to announce his embarrassing news that he deplatformed a scientist. Knowing that most reporters had gone home for Friday night and wouldn't be working on the weekend so the story would die, what a coward the mayor of Regina is. What a bully, censoring and silencing scientists. But the whole lot of them, the media party, academia, the politicians, and that was that. Huge victory for the censors. Aha! Dr. Moore is no longer polite company. He's no longer acceptable on the spectrum of ideas. He's no longer part of the debate. He's fringe now. He should be quiet. He should hide. He should accept his marginalization. After all, everyone who's anyone accepted that, demanded that. Everyone except the people of Regina were actually curious about what Dr. Moore has to say. And if so many odious people want him censored, well, that made them all the more curious. Curious and furious. Who the hell's the mayor? Who the hell's some loser journalist, some nameless, faceless professor to say Dr. Moore, a PhD in ecology, can't speak about the environment? Uh, I mean, you tell me that I'm not allowed to hear someone speak, all of a sudden I'm really interested in hearing them speak. It's like when Justin Trudeau's election cops came after my book, The Lebranos. I should tell you that I've actually sold more copies of that book in the last two weeks than I did during the election campaign itself. My book finally hit number one on the Amazon.ca bestseller list. It had never gone higher than number two before. And this happened because people don't want to let Justin Trudeau decide what they can or can't read about Justin Trudeau. And in fact, if Justin Trudeau orders them not to read a book, there must be some really good reading in there. Same thing with Dr. Moore. If all these left-wing whiners really don't want you to hear what Dr. Moore has to say, sounds like he has some powerful truths to tell. Aren't you more curious now? So it was Friday night when I heard the news. And I phoned Dr. Moore, talked to him about it for a bit, and I offered to re-platform him. First of all, I told him that we would pay him, and I don't think it's a secret, his full $10,000 fee. Absolutely. Because he's worth it. Because just because the losers in Regina want to diminish him and disrespect him, and they want to shrink him, no, 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 I don't accept that. I don't accept that he's worth less. In fact, I think he's worth more. All the buzz, people want to hear him. I didn't want to imply that I was offering him a replatformed speaking gig because he was damaged goods and I was seeking a bargain. No, no, no. The first thing I said was, let me pay you your full fee. And then I said, let's have it at a big forum where the most people can attend. And instead of charging 300 bucks a ticket like the city's boring conference, let's make this one affordable. 25 bucks a ticket if we can keep it that low and, and afford the venue. But it was Friday night when I was talking to him and I, and I told him we, we should not announce that we were replatforming until we had found a hotel or convention center that would be resistant to continued deplatforming from the mob because they'd be furious if they knew we were replatforming him. They'd try and get the new venue to break him. So on Monday morning, uh, when the hotels and convention centers in Regina, when the sales staff came back to work, we started making phone calls. I got to tell you, the Delta Hotel refused. The Ramada Hotel refused. Another convention center said they needed to check with senior management, and that would take days. 
But the Conexus Arts Center said, you bet. That was good. Dr. Jordan Peterson had spoken there a year or two ago, and he was controversial, at least in the eyes of deplatforming leftists and the CBC and other kooks. And the Conexus Arts Center stood firm. So I knew we'd be a good fit if they were cool with Dr. Peterson. But just to be sure, I asked the lovely saleswoman I was dealing with to confirm with their CEO that they would stand firm against the deplatformers. She checked with them and she got back to me and said, you bet, they would. They just wanted us to hire some extra security that night. I said, no problem. We, we probably would have done so anyways. So yesterday we signed the contract and I actually paid the entire fee, the rental fee, in full in advance. Just to make sure that deal was sealed. And we set up a website, reginaspeech.com. Really easy to remember, reginaspeech.com. $25 for a regular ticket. 100 bucks if you want to come to a fancy wine and cheese reception before the main event. And for people who are really, really enthusiastic or really want to spend some private time with Dr. Moore, we're, we're selling some tickets on that same website to a private dinner right after the speech. So the reception's from 6 to 6.30, the speech is from 6.30 to 8.30, and there's question and answers. And then 8.30 to 10, we're going to have a nice dinner, private dinner with Dr. Moore, and we're selling tickets for those. Those tickets are $500, which is obviously extremely expensive but we will use that money to help cover the costs of the event, including the security, uh, including flying in Dr. Moore, et cetera. Uh, we actually have a few sponsorship opportunities too at a higher price point, but my main goal, and this is what I told Dr. Moore, is to have the basic ticket for the two hour session, the speech and the Q&A session, as cheap as possible, 25 bucks a pop, so maximum people can come in. 25 bucks a pop compared to the 300 at the government conference. Anyways, we signed that contract last night and we set up the website and I tweeted about it and so did Dr. Moore. Um, I hadn't done an email to our Rebel viewers yet. I hadn't even done a little video about it yet, but I checked and by early afternoon we had already sold 450 tickets. 450 in a few hours in Regina, Saskatchewan. That's a city of about a quarter million people. I couldn't believe it. I can't believe it. By the time you're watching this, we will probably have 600 tickets sold. I called the venue and asked how big they could go. I, I was only aiming for 500. They said we could take up their whole theater and the balcony and the balcony above get a maximum of 2,000 people. Now, I don't want to set that as a goal because I don't want to, that's almost impossible. Imagine 2,000 people out of a city of, I think Regina's official population is like 240,000 or something. So 2,000 adults, that would be more than 1% of the entire population of adults in the city. It would be like if 25,000 people showed up in Toronto proper, Toronto proper having about two and a half million souls, the GTA is about six million. But I think we might be able to do it. Now look, I've heard Dr. Moore speak. He's very interesting. His speech will be great. I've seen him speak before, uh, once at the uh, Sun News Network. Uh, when I was there, we had a cruise and he would say he's great. But I think these people who are buying tickets like crazy, 
It's partly because Dr. Moore's great. I've seen it. But I think it's more than that. I think this is a repudiation of all the scolds and bullies and censors and cowards. I think this is a giant middle finger to the entire we know better than you establishment who want to tell us what to think and what to say and what to watch and who calls, you know, what we can do. And people who call us insulting names if we dare to disagree with them. Oh, you're a bigot. <laughs> I think the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people are buying the tickets. We didn't even advertise this. I think it's a repudiation of the entire establishment. Not just the establishment, though, the ideas establishment. You know what I mean by that? Think about it. Media, professors, politicians, they all deal in ideas, right? And debate in their own way. Media, professors, politicians. And all of those elites said, we're closed to ideas and debates except our own narrow point of view. And the rest of society is saying, to hell with you. I'd like you to come to this event. It's not till May 19th. So you can make a plan if you live anywhere near Regina. We're deliberately doing it on May 19th because that's the night before the mayor's official conference from which Dr. Moore was canceled. So we'll have a vastly larger crowd and all the excitement, right? And the newspapers the next day, when they're starting that boring government conference, the newspapers will all be full of the interesting things that Dr. Moore said. Too bad the mayor's boring conference won't be able to hear Dr. Moore directly, uh, but they banned him. So come to Regina if you can on May 19th. If you're coming in from Calgary or Edmonton or Saskatoon or Winnipeg, or even further away, consider making an overnight trip out of it. And if you can afford it, come to the reception in advance, or even if you can afford it, the sit-down dinner after the speech. I think that's going to be great. I'd love to talk to Dr. Moore after the event. How do you think it went? What do you think of the questions? I, I think that's going to be amazing. Um, and I'd like to meet the other people there. We have a lot of supporters in Saskatchewan. I think it's going to be like a rebel reunion, really. I believe this is the perfect thing for rebel news to do. Journalistically, it's great. Dr. Moore is one of our favorite thinkers. Politically, it's our way of showing that the censors can't push us around. There's a chance we might even make a little bit of profit off this event. <laughs> I mean, I never dreamed we would sell this many tickets as quickly. If we actually sold 2,000 tickets, we could actually make a little bit of money off this, which is good, because unlike all the other groups I listed who tried to ban Dr. Moore, the media party, university professors, the mayor, we're the only people who don't live off taxpayers' dollars. So I hope we can make a small profit and maybe do more events like this. But this is a sign that if you show courage just for a moment and have a plan, maybe, other people will come to your aid, maybe even in massive numbers. You know, this is what I tried to say to someone else from Regina named Andrew Shear. In the last election, I said, if you actually take a risk, actually stand up to the bullies and be yourself and say to hell with the CBC and the professors, and speak plainly and not bend the knee to every bully and censor, people will cheer you and they'll come out in droves. This applies to the theory of man-made global warming. But I think it also applies to things like letting transgender men into girls' sports or girls' locker rooms. How about just speak out against it? It applies to mass, unlimited, unvetted immigration. 
It applies to free speech. Just show some courage and say to hell with the media party and the opinion elites, and I think the world will join you, at least the grassroots. This is the biggest and most pleasant news I have for you today before we even try to sell a ticket. More than 450 people said that they were with us. I find that very, very hopeful, don't you? And by the way, I hope that foolish mayor attends. Maybe he'll learn something, <laughs> but he'll have to pay for his own ticket. 25 bucks for him, no freebies from us for cowardly politicians. 50 bucks for the media, I don't know if you can see that pricing. And $250, can you see that there? For Al Jazeera, CBC, The Huffington Post, and Vice. All the fake news, 250 bucks for them. They can afford it, though. So see you there. If you can, go to reginaspeech.com. Up next, a conversation I had earlier this morning with the man of the hour himself. I was excited when I heard that my friend Dr. Patrick Moore was scheduled to speak at a conference in Regina on sustainability. Now, when I hear that word sustainability, it makes me a little bit nervous because that's code for a lot of things I don't like. But in the case of Dr. Moore, a co-founder of Greenpeace, he thoughtfully works through, well, what does sustainable energy mean? And often that means atomic energy, and that's perfect for Saskatchewan with their uranium reserves. You know, atomic energy is so safe, that whole Fukushima earthquake and tsunami, only one death was attributed to that event. And, and the reason I mention that is that the scaremongering around nuclear energy is false and disproportionate to the facts. In, in any event, let the man speak. Dr. Moore was one of 45 speakers scheduled for this Regina conference, but then the media party heard about it, and they can't stand the idea of one dissenting voice, even in a room of 45. So the media and some censorious professors got a bit of an online mob going, and in the end, the mayor of Regina fired Dr. Moore from the conference, deplatforming him, canceling a contract for him to speak. Well, I called up Dr. Moore and I said, let's have that speech anyways. And yesterday, I'm pleased to say, we signed a contract with the Conexus Arts Center, which is a large convention facility in Regina, and they have agreed to host an event on May 19th, on the eve of the city's conference. We've signed the contract. We're going to keep ticket prices very low, 25 bucks ahead. And everyone's invited. We are re-platforming Dr. Moore after the de-platforming. And I'm pleased to say that Dr. Moore joins us now via Skype. Great to see you, Dr. Moore. I'm so excited. And thank you for agreeing to speak after all in Regina. I guess you never disagreed. It was the city that disagreed. That's wonderful, Ezra, and I really appreciate uh, your involvement in this in coming in to save the day. Uh, I felt a bit bad about being deplatformed when when I really looked into what the subject of the conference was. Though 
I was sort of happy I didn't have to go to it because the objective of this conference is how to make the city of Regina 100% renewable by 2050. So it's just a bunch of virtue signaling as far as I'm concerned. First off, even if you were trying to do it by 2100, it's impossible to make a whole city renewable. Like, what are, what are they going to do? Say that you can't have steel and concrete, which is non-renewable, in buildings, like city buildings? Are they going to have solar-powered fire trucks? Yeah. Are they going to ban fossil fuels inside the city limits? What, what, what are they going to talk about, 100% renewable city yeah. by 2050? And most of them will be in nursing homes by that time anyway. So, like, what is the point of talking about 2050? Maybe they should have some goals for the next 10 years. Mm -hmm. That would be a reasonable thing to do. And not 100%, but maybe finding some cost-effective renewable solutions. There's nothing wrong with that. But the, the, the agenda that they have chosen for themselves is just a bunch of grandstanding. And then they decide that they don't even want me to come and talk to them about some of the opinions I have on this subject. So, and I, and I, I speak in conferences all around the world. And yet they felt that they should listen to a bunch of whining activists about why I shouldn't be allowed to talk. Yeah. Well, I've had the pleasure of hearing you speak a few years ago. You spoke on one of the cruises we did. I learned so much from you because you come across as someone who deeply, deeply cares. And a lot of environmentalists have that part down pat. But you also put your brain in gear. So you say, well, if we deeply care, let's be thoughtful about this. And here's how to do it. I, I was riveted by your presentations on the cruise that we did. And I, I really think that that conference is going to miss out by not having you. But it, it's just so infuriating to me. Even if, you, even if you're wrong, and I think you're right, and even if you're really wrong, so what? You know, have a debate. Let people ask you questions. I don't understand this new thinking that if people say you're wrong, well, then you can't even have a platform, especially at a conference where there's 45 speakers. That's the part I don't get. Dr. Moore, what bugged me the most was professors in Regina were calling for you to be silenced. Shouldn't a professor have said, well, I don't like what he's saying, and I'm going to go and ask him my toughest question. Like, what's with this new cancel culture? Well, I, I think it's a very simple definition of totalitarianism. Unwilling to entertain any view that is even slightly different than your own and basically wanting to banish anyone who has a different opinion or a different different facts or different points of view. And that's exactly what non-learning is about. My, my mom taught me when I was a kid that I should not stop learning just because I become an adult, that lifelong learning is the best way to go through life. And I have, I, I have followed that all my life, that I, I, I think I learn five or six new things every day because I read extensively I use the internet for my research mostly and I I keep up with everything in my topic which is basically ecology mm -hmm. uh, of which climate change is a piece mm -hmm. and every, people are making out as if climate change is the biggest issue in the whole universe when in fact there are other subjects that are interesting too but climate change is a very interesting subject uh, it's a probably one of the most complex systems on the planet because it involves all of the earth and all of the air and all of the water and all of the life. And when you think of how many relationships 
and, and complex interrelationships there are among all those different components of our Earth system. People who have simple answers like, oh, CO2 is the main driver of global climate change is just too simple. It's not that simple. It couldn't possibly be. There's so many other factors involved. And so I like to have a conversation about these things. And, and I don't appreciate it when people just tell me to uh, buzz off. Yeah. Well, one of the most uh, irritating uh, parts of the mob that came for you is this story in Regina's newspaper of record called the Regina Leader Post. And this headline really bugs me. They called you a climate denier. I hate that because that's tapping into the uh, emotional power of Holocaust denier. When someone's a denier, you're, you're, it's like you're a liar, you're immoral. Not only is that inappropriate language because it, it, it implies that you're, you're evil, but it's false. I've seen your presentation. Half of what you talk about is climate change and how the climate always changes and you try and explain it. You're not a climate denier. This was the stupidest thing. And it, that's, that reporter, instead of smearing you, should come and listen to you, learn what you actually stand for, maybe learn a little bit of science. And if he has a real question, he should put it to you. That, the fact that idiots like that would silence you shows all the more how you need to be given a platform to speak, to teach him. Yes, it's really quite sad state of affairs that it's come to when people really believe that they have a right to stop you from your, your free speech, especially after you've been invited by the city with a formal contract uh, and you've made your, 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 your plans to, to have that day at that conference and then just because a bunch of, uh, I guess, I don't know what you'd call them. Bullies. Maybe they're the I'd call deniers. them bullies. Doctor, I mean, we talk about don't give in to bullies. Bullying isn't right. We're trying to teach kids not to bully. What was this other than some mean girls uh, saying he's not part of our cool club. He, we have to ban him. Don't sit with him at lunch. Oh, you want? Like, it, it was exactly what the whole anti-bullying thing was supposed to be against. And here we have the civic leaders, the city elders of Regina, shutting you up because they didn't even know what you stand for. It was pure bullying and cowardice. I'm so mad at them, but I'm thrilled that you're coming. Let's talk about the event itself. It's on May 19th, which is the night before the Regina Conference that banned you. I think that's great because that way, hopefully in that morning's newspapers, they'll have the real story of what you actually said. And the people going to the other conference uh, can learn what they missed out on. <laughs> what do you think? Well, you know, it, like, well, I think it's wonderful. I think it's a preemptive strike, and I think it's strategically very, a very good outcome from what was a disappointing situation. So uh, being replatformed uh, in Regina makes me feel real good, and I'm going to do my very best to put on a really good show there. You know, to call me a climate denier, I mean, climate change denier, uh, what on earth are they talking about? I don't deny that there's a climate. I don't deny that the climate changes and virtually always has, sometimes slower and sometimes faster through the history of the Earth. It was a pretty big climate change when that asteroid hit the planet 65 million years ago and wiped out nearly half the species on Earth. Uh, that's, a, that's a big change. Nothing like that is happening right now. But they act as though it is. Mm -hmm. And 
you know, and I don't deny that humans have an impact on the environment. Of course I don't. The, the, the urban heat island effect, for example, there's 500 cities of over a million people in the world. And because those cities are, are made of concrete and steel, they are warmer than the surrounding countryside, even though they're in the same location. So there's a sometimes a two degree or three degree Celsius difference between the center of, of a city and the surrounding farmlands and forests. So that changes the Earth's climate at regional levels, not necessarily at a global level, but obviously at a global level, humans have had a big impact. Our agriculture is the biggest imp impact that we have had on the Earth. When you put in a field of uh, crops, you basically eliminate the biodiversity of the ecosystem that was there previously. We have to eat. So that's why I'm in favor of intensive agricultural practices and using modern genetics and science to increase the productivity of the land. But one of the other, just it's not off topic because it's about climate change, our putting of CO2 into the atmosphere has resulted in a 30% increase in the growth of wild plants and farm plants in many parts of the world, hmm. especially the drier parts. Because when you increase CO2, you not only provide more food for the plants, CO2 being the main food for all life on Earth and where the carbon comes from for all life on Earth is through carbon dioxide in the atmosphere and in the seas and the lakes. Everywhere there's CO2, there's going to be life. And so CO2 not only is the food for life, it also makes plants more efficient with water. It's a totally second aspect. It's not anything to do with the food aspect. It's got to do with that when CO2 is more concentrated in the atmosphere, the plants don't have to work so hard to get the CO2, and they don't have to open up their little holes under their leaves called stomata as much. So they don't lose as much water because those little holes are for the air to come in and for them to extract the CO2 from the air, but they're also allowing water to go out. It's called transpir transpiration. When you have higher CO2, the plants don't lose as much water in their process and therefore uh, are more efficient with it. And now trees are spreading into dry grasslands in the, in the dry areas of the U.S. West, like Nevada, where the trees were on higher ground where it's cooler and a little wetter uh, and down in the valleys is just grass. Now trees are spreading there. And this has been documented thoroughly by aerial photography over the last 50 years. The, 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 the trees of the earth are happier with this level of CO2, and so are all the other plants, and therefore so should we be. Huh. And, and the, the fact of the matter, the, the temperature of the earth on a global basis has only increased by 1 or 1.1 degree Celsius. I mean, it's not accurate enough to do it in tenths of a degree, but it's something along those lines. Hmm. One degree in 300 years, hmm. because it started warming, around 1700. One degree, if we didn't have accurate thermometers, we would not know that the Earth had warmed. Hmm. Like, Dr. Moore, you just moved from, New York, moved from New York to Florida. That's a lot more than one degree Celsius increase in temperature. I got to tell you, I'm having fond memories right now of how much I learned from you when you came on our cruise last time. And I can hardly wait to have you with your PowerPoint slides for two full hours in Regina. I'm learning, I'm, I'm learning from you even right now. You're explaining it in layman's terms, but, but I'm getting real knowledge. And I'm so excited and I'm so proud 
to be associated with you and thank you for this. Let's just talk for a minute about the event because I know not all of our viewers can make it to Regina, but if anyone's in Saskatchewan, and frankly, Alberta and Manitoba, I'd encourage people to make the journey. Um, let me just tell our viewers what, what's going to happen. And you correct me if I'm wrong on this, uh, Doctor, because I know we just figured this out yesterday, so maybe I don't have it right. We'll have a reception at 6 o'clock at the Conexus Arts Center in Regina, which is a nice facility, and they've got a little bit of courage because they had Dr. Jordan Peterson, and they didn't cave in. They didn't de-platform him. So if they're strong enough for Dr. Peterson, I think they'll be strong enough for us. And by the way, I, I had the salesman, the sales lady of Conexus Arts Center confirm with their CEO that they won't cancel. I insisted that they check. So at 6 o'clock, we'll have a reception. At 6.30, we'll have your big speech in the, in the hall and big projectors for your PowerPoint slides. We'll have a Q&A session. So from 6.30 to 8.30, two full hours of learning. And then afterwards, for those who are super fans, um, you've agreed to have dinner and a glass of wine uh, for those who are interested. And details on the different ticket prices uh, on the website. The website, by the way, is simply called reginaspeech.com. But for those who just want to come to the two-hour lecture and Q&A, that's 25 bucks, which, by the way, the conference you were kicked out of, that's 300 bucks to attend. So we are hoping to have maximum turnout here, Doctor. I sure hope so, Ezra, and I'm pretty hopeful uh, about it. Uh, let me just give you a brief synopsis of the overall subject that I'll be talking about. Okay. My, my talk is called... My talk is called Fake Invisible Catastrophes and Threats of Doom. Huh. And it's not tongue-in-cheek. Uh, it is a bit sensationalist, I will agree. But when people see what I have to say, they will be amazed. Because here's my thesis. It dawned on me a while back, and it's funny how things come to you after so many years when you should have noticed them before. It's come to my notice that almost all the scare stories that are bandied about today by these activists and climate justice people, almost all of them are about something that is either invisible or so remote that no one can go and check for themselves, or both. Take for example polar bears. They're quite visible, but they're saying they're going extinct because of carbon dioxide, which is invisible. Mm -hmm. So you can't point in the corner and say, look what that CO2 is doing over there. Mm -hmm as a cause-effect relationship. So that means, and take, take for example, uh, GMOs. What is it in the GMO that is harmful? Has anyone shown it to you? No, it must be invisible. How about radiation from nuclear power plants? It's invisible, therefore they can make up all kinds of scary stories about how it's gonna mutate you and your children. And on and on and on, coral reefs are underwater and very far away so they can make all kinds of stories about them. And so if you're not able to observe something for yourself, which is the first principle of science, observation, because unlike religion, science is about things that you have to be able to show, that you have to be able to see, not, not only with your eyes, but perhaps with a, a microscope or a telescope or a Geiger counter or an instrument that can measure the level of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere, which are not in very many homes these days. Mm -hmm. And so if you can't observe and verify, verification is the second stage in science. And then after that comes replication, 
where other people besides yourself do what you did and find the same answer. That is how you go from a hypothesis to a theory in science. Now, if you can't do that for yourself, if you can't look out the window and count the polar bears in the Arctic, then you depend on activists, politicians, and the media to tell you what's happening. And these days, there is so much fake news and so much fake science that people who come and hear this talk are just going to be amazed. Well, I'm sold. I mean, what you've just said in the last two minutes there is exactly what the people of Regina and all of us need to hear. I'm truly upset that the people who spent $300 to go to the official government conference won't, let, won't be able to hear you. And I bet a number of people bought that $300 ticket just to hear you. But I'm delighted that from, you know, they say, if, if, like if you get lemons, make lemonade. Instead of you just having one hour to talk, now you'll have two hours. Instead of just having a smallish room to speak in, we're going to a very large venue. So from a bad thing, maybe a very good thing can come. And all the publicity of you being fired and deplatformed and canceled, maybe that publicity can attract people to say, hey, what is it that they don't want me to see? Let me see for myself. I might have a question for Dr. Moore. I'm going to put it to him. I'm going to put my toughest. Like, I think that out of this terrible deplatforming, which is anti-scientific and anti-freedom, maybe a great thing can come. And I just want to invite all our viewers from across the country, frankly, if you can make your way to Regina, even from Calgary, Edmonton, Winnipeg, even Toronto, Vancouver, I recommend it. Go to reginaspeech.com. Tickets start at 25 bucks for the general admission, and there's other fancier things like a VIP reception and dinner afterwards. Dr. Moore, I, let's check in again between now and the event, and we'll give you an update on how ticket sales are going. I really want our people to come to learn from you, but I also want them to come as a signal to censors and bullies and cowards that they can't stop your ideas by deplatforming. And we are replatforming you. And I want this place packed as a signal and a symbol. So I'm very proud to be associated with you. And thank you for slumming it with us here at Rebel News. Um, I think this is going to be a great event. Thank you for doing it. Ezra, I think there are a lot of people out there who are sick and tired of the cancel culture and the bigotry of these people who are basically anti-free speech. And I think this story is a very good story. I want to thank you a, a great deal for jumping right in there as soon as you saw what happened to me and, and, and making this thing uh, a silk purse out of a sow's ear. And it, it, this is going to be a good event. I just know it. I feel it in my bones. We've got lots of time to prepare for it. It's not until May the 19th and we're going to build a big audience and we're going to put on a big show and it's going to show them something that they've never seen before. Well, thank you, my friend. I, uh, you've put me in a great mood. I was very upset on Friday night when I heard the news. And by the way, canceling you on a Friday afternoon shows cowardice also to, to try and get it lost in the news cycle. So I remember I called you right up. I was very down in the dumps that day. And today I feel on top of the world and I hope you do too. Lots of love from us here at Rebel News to you. And we'll see you in May, my friend. See you then, Ezra, thanks a lot. All right.
Well, this is going to be great. There's our friend, Dr. Patrick Moore. I feel smarter just from this short interview we've had. Imagine two hours of his full PowerPoint presentation and a question and answer session. You really should go to reginaspeech.com. And if you can adjust your schedule to make your way to Regina on May 19th, I know because I've seen his larger presentation, an earlier topic before, and I was riveted. I know this is going to be a very special night, so I hope to see you there, reginaspeech.com. Stay with us, more ahead. Well, I meant to talk about other things today, but the explosive success of our reginaspeech.com project blew me away, and it was all I was thinking about, so I had to tell you about it. I, I feel like our Rebel events are great. It's a chance for like-minded people to meet each other. We haven't done one in Saskatchewan before, so this will be great. But it's not just that. And it's not just that Dr. Moore is great. I mean, I, I really like him. I've been friends with him for probably 10 years when I think about it. It's that we undid a wrong. It was wrong of the city and the media and the professors to deplatform a man. That's wrong. And it was a fait accompli because all the fancy people agreed. Oh, He's too, he's too extreme, he's too controversial. He's gone, he's marginalized. And, and we took a risk, I called up Dr. Moore and we put the venue on my credit card, paid it in full, because I wanted to lock him in. And look at that, look at that. All the noisy people wanted him banned, but all the quiet people in the background said, no, 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 no. We want to hear what Dr. Moore has to say. I feel so good replatforming. I've never heard that word before because it's never happened before. Well, we did it today and we'll see on May 9th. I hope, I hope you can make it. I know, I know our viewers are all around the world, all around the country. I'm going to be there. If you can get yourself to Regina, I think that's going to be, be the place to be. All right, folks, that's it for today. Until tomorrow, on behalf of all of us here at Rebel World Headquarters, good night and keep fighting for freedom.